education because it's, it's especially evident for people who are in those privileged places they don't have to they don't have to read up on something if they open their mouth someone's going to believe them no mm -hmm. matter what the information is or no matter where they got it from mm -hmm. and and i think that that's so important especially with the situation so please listeners please go research read up on exactly what is going on because if you don't know then that means that you are under a rock and this is serious and this is an attack on Venezuela and it has a lot to do with your dollar as well. No doubt. Uh, you know, John Bolton had on his little pad 5,000 troops to Colombia, right? Uh, I mean, if you think this doesn't affect you, you're wrong. Yeah. It does. We could be sending troops to Venezuela very soon if they have their way. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you to Alex. Thank you to Michelle. And um, this is Rachel Hartley signing off for the Community Report. Stay tuned for Evergreen with Bread and Roses. This is KBOO Portland. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, Ray. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to Evergreen with Bread and Roses. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Leslie. <laughs> this, oh, man, it's been a wild uh, evening. Uh, we just got off the phone with Paul Dobson, who's currently in Venezuela, and gave us ample information important and just I, I'm speechless because I can't even believe what just happened I'm trying to process it but if you got the chance to tune in it was absolutely amazing and I could not believe that we got him on air which is great and thank you to the news team for for that but I want everyone to know that for tonight's episode of evergreen with bread and roses we will also be discussing this matter in Venezuela so I had the privilege of interviewing with the one and only neighborhood friendly neighborhood agitator Alyssa Pariah friendly neighborhood agitator Alyssa Pariah who's currently being a friendly agitator right now at a at a rally and she will be on for her show, The Struggle, at 7 p.m., where she will give her details on what was going on. And so I just want to say that before we get to this audio piece with uh, Alyssa and I speaking about Venezuela, I want to give some background information on, on what is going on with it. And and Bread and Roses, if you don't know, is a is a... Long time show here at KBU, and it's based on feminism. And Evergreen, hosted by me, is based on black feminism. And so I will be incorporating black feminism in regards to Venezuela and 
the recording as well will indicate that with two black women discussing the plight of black people on a global level and so if you don't know there is a wonderful media outlet called the black agenda report and if you don't know about the black agenda report you now know about the black agenda report and i think that now that you know about the black agenda report i think that you should go to your cellular device or anywhere you can access internet or ask someone do you know about the black agenda report spread the word because this is a media outlet that needs to be uplifted it is curated syndicated by black people and i think that their report is just so so spot on about venezuela they explicitly talk about the black lives that are currently being murdered in venezuela in regards to u.s imperialism now a lot of you may already be thinking well wow that same thing is happening in the states in regards to black lives matter and all of the deaths of black people in the states but it's related to what is happening in venezuela and if you don't think that it's related and you think that i'm wrong i think that you should totally go back to your uh resources and, and and look this up because what's happening in venezuela is just on a larger scale of what's happening in the states and it's related because anti-blackness is the monopoly of imperialism and capitalism so now if you're just now tuning in this is evergreen and i'm your host rachel hartley and this is my interview with the one and only Alyssa pariah Article. Perfect. Okay. All right. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much, y'all. You are tuning in to KBOO 90.7 FM. And I'm your host, Rachel Hartley for Evergreen with Bread and Roses. And I have the privilege of being joined by the one and only neighborhood, friendly neighborhood agitator, Alyssa Pariah. It's very important that you say friendly <laughs> because a neighborhood agitator is inherently not friendly yes so uh even though my show is coming on next uh-huh. um i wanted to bring in the topic of venezuela early and actually make it a double feature yeah so for all of our listeners rachel and i have been talking about some of the uh racial implications of the aggression the U.S. aggression against Venezuela. Mm -hmm. Venezuela has uh, one of the largest um, Afro-descendant populations in Latin America. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to identify that the struggles against white supremacy and racism and the struggle against capitalism have always been linked in Venezuela since the decolonial era when people were fighting against Spain right. for independence. Exactly. Um, the fight against slavery, the, 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 the fight against uh, racial apartheid, which was never really grappled with in, in uh, Venezuela mm-hmm. or really in any of the, in, uh, the Latin American world like it has in the United States. Right, exactly. And so what we were discussing was that we well Alyssa found this article from Black Agenda Report and they're really awesome shout out Black Agenda Report shout out to them for real because they really they're very concise with their information and I really appreciate that about them and I think that they really they tell the truth they speak truth to power everybody we and I think that you know people say that all the time but I think that it's more so it's very it's it's just really evident with them and i like them a lot so well, a lot of times when people say speaking truth to power the power that they're that they're speaking about often is uh ingrained in the culture it's sort of based in cultural norms and that's often the the power that people refer to mm-hmm. but um that that takes on a different character mm-hmm. than when the power that you're referring to is actually the empire itself. <laughs> yeah. you know, Black Agenda Report mm-hmm. sees itself as being um, central to and, and a part of the legacy 
of the radical black tradition, the black tradition in the U.S. and and globally, but especially in the U.S., that is expressly against empire, against imperialism. Right. And that is different than a lot of the, the black traditions, the black organizations that we look to now that are much more enveloped in the establishment. Right. And, and some of them are actually part of the establishment. Yeah. And it's the role of the Black Agenda Report to actually be a counterweight yeah, to that. Yeah, exactly. It, and I like that term, counterweight. Mm-hmm. That, yes. <laughs> and and, and uh, I'm sorry, y'all. When I get good words <laughs> put in my <laughs> world... I just get real geeky and excited. Sure. I'm a little bit okay. of a nerd, but yeah. whatever. We like that. We like that. <laughs> so the Black Nerd Movement. I like it. Yeah, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm geek not out. okay. Geek out. Yeah. Geek out. Okay. So speaking of that, let's go ahead and and read the article. Oh sure. Okay. Which upon Alyssa's request, I th- I agree, and I I want to read the entire article so that listeners understand where we're coming from and i think that it's it's even more important to have two black people reading this article on radio so great hey let's switch off read the first um okay yeah and i'll just point to you and you can go back and forth yeah we'll just go back and forth okay here we go and i'm starting from title and then we'll see where we end okay all right from the black agenda report author glenn ford executive editor the racist imperialist war on venezuela the racist imperialist war on venezuela there's a picture of president hugo chavez depicted as a monkey in opposition newspaper donald trump is simply exercising an imperial mandate handed down to him by obama who put in quotes humanitarian lipstick on the white supremacist pig of american exceptionalism Quote, the darker peoples of the world understand clearly that what is at stake is the sovereignty of nations and people's right to self-determination. In transferring control of Venezuelan property and assets to opposition party leader Juan Guaido, the United States has committed an act of war against that country and marked Guaido as a traitor, an agent, a foreign aggressor of a foreign aggressor. The U.S. State Department announced that certification to Venezuelan accounts and assets in the U.S. was transferred last Friday to Guaido, a 35-year-old member of the National Assembly who declared himself president during a street demonstration in Caracas. Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton dared Venezuela to move against Washington's chosen Quisling, warning there would be, quote, serious consequences if anyone attempted to, quote, harm Guaido. The Venezuelan Supreme Court has frozen Guaido's accounts and barred the politician from leaving the country during an investigation of his, quote, serious crimes that threaten the constitutional order. But he continues to speak and move around the capital city. Bolton dared Venezuela to move against Washington's chosen Kiesling. Supposedly, at Guaido's request, the Bank of England refuses to allow Venezuela access to $1, 3 billion in golden bullion, representing 15% of the nation's foreign currency reserves. The U.S. seized control of $7 billion in Venezuelan state oil company assets on Monday. The transfer to Juan Guaido's control applies to the country's funds at the Federal Reserve Bank in New York. But the State Department said Guaido also has access to other Venezuelan accounts in the United States. Secretary of State Pompeo, acting as Guaido's spokesman, said 20 million in, end quote, humanitarian aid would be distributed in Venezuela by Guaido. The quote, the U.S. government is not just behind the coup, but is leading it, said Venezuelan Foreign Minister Jorge Areza. First of all, it's interventionism to the highest degree. Secondly, it's arrogant. And thirdly, it's artificial, he said. U.S. 
humanitarian intervention doctrine offers nearly identical rationales for both financial and military aggression. The U.S. seizure and transfer of Venezuelan state assets to a hand-picked poser president is not war by other means, but an actual act of war. But Venezuela will not say so because public acknowledgement of the crime would then prompt the U.S. to escalate militarily. Under President Obama, U.S. quote humanitarian intervention doctrine offers nearly identical rationales for both financial and military aggressions by Washington. Sanctions can turn into war in an instant. Moreover, Obama redefined the meaning of war for Washington's purposes. In rejecting congressional pressures to halt the bombing of Libya in 2011, Obama maintained that not only did no state of war exist against that North African country, where perhaps 50,000 people had been killed in NATO air attacks, but that there existed no state of hostile or hostilites that might trigger the War Powers Act either, because no Americans had been killed. By Obama's imperial decree, U.S. presidents were empowered to wage unlimited military actions against targeted nations with no accountability to Congress or international institutions as long as only foreigners die. War is whatever U.S. presidents say war is. The United States needs to stay out of Venezuela. Tulsi Gabbard tweeted that. Gabbard tweeted. Thank you. I'm going to read that again. Mm -hmm. The United States needs to stay out of Venezuela, Gabbard tweeted. History will mark the year 2011 as the point at which U.S. imperialism effectively declared war against civilization and the very concept of a lawful global order. That is Obama's awesome and awful legacy. Donald Trump is simply exercising an imperial mandate handed down to him by the first black president who put humanitarian lipstick on the white supremacist pig of manifest destiny and American exceptionalism which is why most of the Democratic Party's congressional piglets are oinking in favor of some form of aggression against Venezuela, mm -hmm. with the exception of Hawaii's Tulsi Gabbard, the only anti-war presidential candidate. The United States needs to stay out of Venezuela, Gabbard tweeted. The Venezuelan people determine their future. We don't want other countries to choose our leaders, so we have to stop trying to choose theirs. Mm. As the Jammu Baraka of the Black Alliance for Peace points out, it is no coincidence that all of the nations siding with the U.S. at the U.N. Secretary Council and the Organization of American States are white former colonial European countries or white-led Latin American regimes in the so-called Lima Group. The darker people of the world understand clearly that what is at stake is the sovereignty of nations and people's right to self-determination, principles that are anathema to U.S. imperialism. Militarized U.S. police forces enjoy impunity for the state-sanctioned execution of our people. We categorically reject the arrogant and white supremacist assumption that the United States itself, a capitalist dictatorship, should arbitrarily take the liberty to presume leadership and rationalize its intervention into any nation by evoking a flimsy, laughable, and ostensible argument. Ostensible. Did I say ostensible? You know, yeah. my, you got my, it. my so phone light is darkening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like automatically darkening. That, that was too. so... I can help you with the settings. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Laughable and ostensible argument that is supporting democracy and or human rights said the Black Alliance for Peace. BAP statement continues... And quote, were it not for the, op for the abject hypocrisy exercised by the United States, the irony in the case of Venezuela would be more laughable than tragic. On the one hand, a nation that annually pretends to honor the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. skirts over the many people's understanding that he was murdered because of his opposition to U.S. state violence, that the United States would unleash a plan to subvert Venezuela which would cost thousands of innocent lives, reminds us as black people of the same methodology applied during the murderous and draconian tenure of FBI Director J. J. Edgar, Edgar Hoover, Hoover, who unleashed the COINTELPRO program in the U.S. black 
communities, militarized U.S. police forces, many of whom who have received training from the Israeli state, enjoy impunity for the state-sanctioned execution of our people. Mm. BAP calls on, quote, those principled individuals and organizations located at the center of empire to put aside your divisions, stop your collaboration with the rulers, and live up to your responsibility to the people of the world who suffer at the hands of this mad criminal state. Quote, the weaponization of U.S.-controlled global financial structures has blurred the lines between military and financial attack. The United States Imperial Project aims to erase self-determination and national sovereignty from the human vocabulary at home and abroad. And its goal is to impose international corporate rule under U.S. military protection and coercion. The weaponization of U.S.-controlled global financial structures had blurred the lines between military and financial attack as millions are sickened, killed, and driven into desperate poverty or exile by U.S. economic sanctions. Venezuela's extreme crisis is primarily the result of unremitting U.S. meddling and subversion ever since the democratic election of Hugo Chavez and his socialist movement 20 years ago. Chavista governments are repeatedly returned to power under an elections process that former President Jimmy Carter called, and quote, the best in the world. Mm. Venezuelan elections have been demonstrably, 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 Venezuelan elections have been demonstrably more free and fair than those in the United States, where racial voter suppression is endemic and presidents have won office with a minority of the vote three times in the same period. U.S. imperialism is inseparable from white supremacy. The same forces that resist black community control of police and schools in the United States seek to overthrow any government in the formerly colonized world that is non-white nations that claim the right of self-determination and national sovereignty. U.S. imperialism is inseparable from white supremacy, which is why the United States has paid no domestic price for its role in the deaths of at least 20 million people since the Cold War to, wait, wait. The Cold War to. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, since World War II. Oh, I wanted oh, to say Cold oh. War so bad. I'm just going to read it over. That's okay. <coughs> <Thank you. laughs> I wanted to say it so bad. I wanted to say Cold War. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> <laughs> the same forces that resist black community control of police and schools in the United States seek to overthrow any government in the formerly colonized world, that is, white nations, that claim the right to self-determination and national sovereignty. U.S. imperialism is inseparable from white supremacy, which is why the United States has paid no domestic price for its role in the deaths of at least 20 million people since World War II, 6 million in the Congo alone. U.S. liberals and progressives, much like their counterparts in Europe, speak endlessly about democracy at home, while supporting their war party abroad. Polls show that Venezuelans, despite the hardships they have endured over the past few years of economic crisis, overwhelmingly oppose both U.S. military and economic aggression, as reported by Ben Norton of Gray Zone. The local nonpartisan polling firm Hinterlaces found that 86% of Venezuelans would disagree with international military intervention, and 81% opposed the U.S. sanctions against their country. U.S. liberals and, quote, progressives, much like their counterparts in Europe, speak endlessly of democracy at home while supporting their war party abroad. <coughs> I'm sorry. I can go ahead. <coughs> no, I can get it. Okay. <laughs> Venezuela is a predominantly indigenous, black, and mixed-race country. While the core opposition to the socialist government of Nicolas Maduro is white and upper class. Most of the nation's media is owned by white no, most of the nation's I'm going to start over. That's okay. <coughs> Venezuela is a predominantly indigenous black and mixed race country while the core opposition to the socialist government of Nicolas Maduro is white and upper class. Most of the nation's media is owned by white oligarchic opposition. Having never experienced a civil rights movement such as that in the United States, 
Venezuela's white elite is unabashedly racist and often displayed cartoons depicting Hugo Chavez, the former president, the wildly popular president of indigenous and African extraction as a monkey. I'll say that again. <laughs> Having never experienced a civil rights movement such as in the United States, Venezuela's white elite is unabashedly racist and often displayed cartoons depicting Hugo Chavez, the wildly popular president of indigenous and African extraction, as a monkey. See the cover on the Black Agenda Report that we're reading and look at the picture yourself. As Arlene Eisen wrote in the Venice, uh, no, 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 <coughs> um, well. Venezuelan analysis. Oh, Venezuelan analysis, okay. Oh, that's weird. As Arlene Eisen wrote in VenezuelaAnalysis.com five years ago, racism is the racism is one of the main engines and expressions of the current counter-revolution. In Venezuela, the revolutionary struggle to end white supremacy for self-determination is slow and is complicated by elite whites backed by U.S. imperialism and the denial of that by many racists. No. By the denial of yeah. many that racism persists. Okay, mm -hmm. oh my God. Sorry. Yeah. We're doing this again. <coughs> okay. Racism is one of the main engines and expressions of the current counter revolution. In Venezuela, the revolutionary struggle to end white supremacy and self determination is slow and complicated by white elites backed by U.S. imperialism and by the total denial of many that racism persists. Traditionally, anti racist coalitions have ignored Venezuela. It is time that we stand in solidarity with the majority of people in Venezuela and voice a strong opposition to U.S.-sponsored coups or any intervention on the side of the counter-revolution. The core opposition to the socialist government of Nicolas Maduro is white and upper class. Donald Trump has thrown the full weight of U.S. imperial power. Donald Trump has thrown the full weight of U.S. imperial power on the side of the counter-revolution through a designated traitor who would hand the country over to U.S. corporations. The same U.S. media and politicians that scream hysterically about a Russian social media Pearl Harbor against U.S. democracy and call for Trump to be impeached forthwith make common cause with their orange nemesis to crush the sovereignty of the Venezuelan people. Black America used to recognize the inherent racism of U.S. military adventures in the third world understanding such aggressions as global expressions of the same white supremacy they experienced at home. By every measure, black America was the most pro-peace and anti-war constituency in the nation. Then came Obama, whose black presence in the White House caused a significant segment of black people to identify with the imperial war machine and its crimes. Donald Trump sits in the Oval Office. How you like the empire now? Wow. Thank you, Glenn Ford. Yes, shout out to Glenn Ford. Black Agenda Report. Email glenn.ford at blackagendareport.com. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that that is enough for us to sign off. Thank you for tuning in to Evergreen. I'm your host, Rachel Hartley, with the wonderful friendly neighborhood agitator, Alyssa Pariah. Thank you. Our show's coming up next. All right, I got our mics on. We're recording now. Thank you for tuning back in to Evergreen with Bread and Roses, and I'm your host, Rachel Hartley. And I am, if you're just now tuning in, I am joined with Alyssa Pariah, who is also the host of The Struggle. Coming up next. <laughs> and we read in full an article written by Glenn Ford of Black Agenda Report regarding the racism and imperial racism that the United States has 
put their hands in in regards to black lives in mm-hmm. Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, just to get the conversation going after the article, how did you, what was your first initial thought when you read this? It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the racist attacks against Hugo Chavez on Latin American television. And the the racial dynamics, often the, the racial divisions, actually, in Latin America, are something that rarely is talked about or thought about by most people in the U.S. because the intentional idea is in sort of a uh, almost homogenized Latin American identity. Uh, so whatever it is that's going on in Latin America racially you know, has nothing to do with us and has no implications. But that's not true because I am of Puerto Rican ancestry. So my people um, are very close to the makeup of, of people in Venezuela and the same goes for other people in, in uh, Latin American countries or many of them where we are some mix most of us of the indigenous people who are from you know, the places where we live and our families are from and the Spanish conquerors or in the case of Brazil Portuguese conquerors and the stolen Africans that they enslaved and tortured for hundreds of years in Latin America. And uh, we all have sort of like different amounts of that in our blood, in, in, our, in, our, in our genes. And you wouldn't know that by looking at Univision or Telemundo uh, you know, if you were to tune into that as a as a person from the U.S., it's not Latino. You tune into that and you think, oh, well, you know, this is what Latin America looks like. Well, that's what white Latin America looks like. And there is a call for unity among a lot of Latin American people, and if you know, they call it Latinidad, L-A-T-I-N-I-D-A-D, and it's sort of the 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 state of equality among all Latin American people. But that's a lie. And it's always been a lie. And it's a way to silence people. It's like the Latin American version of all lives matter. Mm. It's okay to talk about black lives. It's okay to talk about how black people experience poverty, discrimination, policing, surveillance, vigilante violence, Mm -hmm. gentrification. Mm -hmm. Go down the list. It's okay to talk about that. We can talk about that. Mm -hmm. And the refusal to engage that and the call to unity is one that uh, cannot be given serious credence. Mm. And I'm glad that there are more and more Afro-Latinos like myself and, and people in my family who are bringing it up mm. and are saying uh, there, there is unequal treatment. Mm. Um, the, the, the racial and wealth disparities are just are too vast to ignore anymore. And one of the ways that that came out so clearly during Maduro's uh, presidency is the way that the media depicted him. And in the article in Black Agenda Report, they showed one of the pictures that the Venezuelan media, which is almost exclusively white and wealthy, the way that they depicted this Afro-Indigenous man as a monkey. That's horrendous. But it's a picture of how they feel and what they do, more importantly. Exactly. And I think that if anything, and this is a call out to black Americans or black identifying Americans who don't identify with Latin heritage if anything, you as a black American can relate to that. You can relate to that. 
And it's, I'm calling this a call out because I know for a fact that there are plenty of black Americans. No, I don't have numbers and I don't have exact data of black Americans who believe this, but there are plenty of black Americans who would never consider themselves in relation to someone who is black in Venezuela. And I think that the article brought that up beautifully. Sure. And I say that you can relate to that because when have black people in America have not been compared to monkeys mm-hmm. or Sambos? Mm-hmm. Obama got it. He really got it. He was called a tar baby. Mm-hmm. That's what he was called when he was first put his hand on the Bible and inaugurated as president. He the first thing he was called was a tar baby mm-hmm. in media. CNN, all those people. And I say that they called him that because there was no hesitation to put that in the media knowing that it was racist. They showed the pictures. Yeah. yeah. They showed the pictures yeah. and everything. People were in the streets, mm-hmm. had dummy versions of him mm-hmm. with a noose around his neck, mm-hmm. depicted as a Sambo, yeah. as a monkey. And I think that I say that because I know that there's black Americans who I've spoken to said that, well, well, internationally, I don't have relation, you know, with all that other stuff. I'm trying to deal with what's going on in America. Why do you not understand that what's happening in America is happening internationally? Sure. That you can listen to 21 Savage and not care about his being. That you can listen to people like whoever <laughs> is international and making your entertainment and dancing. Cardi B. Dancing mm-hmm. for your entertainment. That's technically not for you anyway. Amara La Negra. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not made for you. It's made for white people. You just think it's cool because, wow, well, at least there's a black person on TV, right? We need to pay attention, and we need to stop being afraid of each other. Why are we being afraid of each other if we're all being called monkeys, and if we're all being hunted down? It's the nature of empire. It's so disgusting. Divide and conquer. Right. It's what it's what makes Obama's legacy so tragic. Yeah. Because we rooted for him. So much. Yeah. I yeah. remember the the picture of the the front page of the New York Times. Yeah, I remember know, that. Hanging up in our house. Yeah. You know, we were so happy. A new day has yeah. come. You know, things are going to change. Yeah. And not only did they not change, but they got worse. They got worse for black people in the U.S. and abroad, in part because of what he did because of what he did. And so the way that he proved himself right. to white America, mm-hmm. right, and to the power structures, right. that uh, he wasn't the Sambo that they portrayed him as or, right. or co-signed the, uh, oftentimes, the, the racism that he experienced, hmm. the way that he would say to them is, no, 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 I'm good. Hmm. I'm one of the good ones. And to prove it, Watch me kill all these black people in Africa and Latin America mm-hmm. to show you how much I'm on your side. I'm fully here for U.S. empire, Obama said, as he dropped bombs mm-hmm. and killed black people the world over. Mm. And black people in the U.S., many yeah. of them, mm-hmm. turned a blind eye. I did. But not on the Black Agenda Report. Not on the Black Agenda Report turned a blind eye and manipulated people into, you know, believing into, you know, the legacy, you know, and I, now I'm funny. I will, I, I, because I'm always at a rock and a hard place with the Obamas, right? They are now an American empire last name. And they purposefully did that like a Kennedy's, a Reagan's, a Bush's, Clintons. Clintons, now the Obamas. And in my black American 
washed brain, that would be a hoorah, you know? Like, oh my gosh, there's black people with elite status. We can get there. I can get there. I you can't get there. You know? No, you can't. You can't get there. Right, right, no. right, right, right. <laughs> right. So, like, so, you know, I'm going to just be honest. Like, I got two Obama mugs in my house. And I got a Michelle Obama calendar hanging up in, in my house. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. The February picture is nice. For sure. Yeah, you know. But, like, it's it almost feels like I'm f- – <laughs> it, it's like a forcible thing, you know? It's like uphold the culture, but like even Migos would let me die for some Versace. No doubt. And if you don't get what I'm saying, it's probably because you're not black. <laughs> and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you, what else Migo, do you Migos is a very very <laughs> popular yeah. rap group. They're very popular. They have a famous song called Versace, and they got into cahoots with Donatella, who is the owner curator of Versace, and uh, they came up with this whole ordeal or way of life called culture. And one of them had a baby with famous Cardi B, who's also who is also a famous rap artist now today and they named their daughter culture with a K and just to implement more so that culture is black culture is elite and culture is filthy rich filthy rich and loving American yeah and loving it yeah exactly and and the culture has nothing to say about poverty or eliminating it nothing Nothing about it. Doesn't it doesn't say anything about police brutality. Mm-mm. doesn't say anything about war. Nope. It's about making your paper. And be and popping. And that's all it is. And, and, and I say that for culture because I have purchased these things. I am upholding or helping to uphold, quote, culture that has nothing to do with me and that has nothing to do with my life. You're not rich. And no. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, but you're not. <laughs> I work for a radio station. <laughs> I ain't got no money. Um, but <laughs> but it's 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 that and it's those intertwined details that a lot of white Americans don't know about but profit off of it and could say yes. I know, maybe mm, rap whatever, but you're comfortable because of people like this because people dance because of imperialism Mm -hmm. and i think that this article is radical it's extremely radical and i like it and i think that if we can't be critical of our own hero per se Mm -hmm. to black america then what are we here for and if we can't be critical of the decisions that obama has made then what are we here for Are we still slaves in a different way? In a different way. I believe that they're trying to bring that stuff back. It's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. The N-word has been flown around plenty of times. There have been activists who have been killed in Ferguson who are known protesters or known protesters in photos of the Ferguson protests, and they're dead. Sandra Bland. They were lynched. Sandra right. Bland was a, a prominent um, Black Lives Matter activist. She and was. intersectional feminist. And she was taken out. Mm. She was followed. Mm-hmm. And she was taken to a prison. And she was murdered. And the funny thing about it is that when you talk like that to other black Americans, they get scared. And they kind of shake a little bit. Well, everybody wants to feel like they're safe. Right. So if, you, if you're lucky enough to live under that kind of delusion. Yeah. Well, then I almost don't want to disturb you because ignorance is bliss. Okay. Hmm. But I don't know how I'm going to relate to you either. I mean, right. I, I have to be honest about what I know. Mm-hmm. And I know I know all about U.S. empire. Yep. Puerto Rico is, is one of the last colonies on earth. Yep. 
and they're drowning in billions of dollars in debt that the people did not cause. They didn't do anything about that. It's their elites that. All right, I got our mics on. We're recording now. Thank you for tuning back in to Evergreen with Bread and Roses, and I'm your host, Rachel Hartley. And I am, if you're just now tuning in, I am joined with Alyssa Pariah, who is also the host of The Struggle. Coming up next. <laughs> and we read in full an article written by Glenn Ford of Black Agenda Report regarding the racism and imperial racism that the United States has put their hands in situation where now we're on the hook for their debt that they caused exactly and it's the same thing in Venezuela actually hmm. where uh, and I, I what I don't want to do is have listeners think that we are uncritically supporting Venezuela and everything that it does right. it's not perfect not by any right. means right because what you're saying is we're not talking about the countries we're talking about black people and we're talking about the safety of those black people and we're talking about what is going on for black people right it just so happens that we can have an example like venezuela to back up our opinion so thank you for bringing that up Clarity, go ahead. Please. Yeah, it's, it's one. Of, it's one of the most recent ways in which the the nature of empire reveals itself as being brilliant in dividing and conquering. How is it that the U.S. government has been able to so successfully make interventions in countries that have a a, a black and brown majority? Hmm. And black and brown people in the United States don't immediately rush to their defense in mass. Mm. We have some extremely, extremely powerful lobby groups and 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 large national organizations mm. that have nothing to say about war, mm. about military aggression against people that look like the ones that they say that they're serving. Hmm. So your service ends where the border begins? That's a shame. It's a shame. The black radical tradition tells us against uh tells us about black against empire. Right. Incredible book that I think every black person should read. Yeah. That says, um, these borders are not our borders. These are the colonizers' borders. Exactly. And why why do we feel like our loyalty is to people who are oppressing us? Exactly. It's a great question. It is. That I think more people need to grapple with. And I think that more black people should get a passport and go travel. I'm ready to go to Accra, Ghana hey. with you this summer. You know what? And And I'm also going to be honest again as a brainwashed black person in America, revived, decolonized, <laughs> currently still decolonizing We're all my brainwashing. It. Decolonize your mind. Right? We're all doing it. I... It's the wave. <laughs> <laughs> I signed... I, I, I signed up. I signed it up. I applied for my uh, passport to travel. Let's go. And... I'm not ashamed to say that I'm 23 and have yet to get my passport, but I'm doing it now. I'm going to go with you. I, I support you. Thank you. We'll go to the passport office. Thank you. I'll do your makeup for your photo. <gasps> I'm so excited because it's just like, it's just, and it's, and I don't blame myself for not doing it. And I try not to blame other people for it. All I know is that the people who did not encourage me to do so are brainwashed too. And it's not their fault. It's a continuation of enslavement. And so I refuse to be a slave. Great. And okay. I think that every other black person should refuse that and, and just get a passport and, and go see something. Go have fun. Go, hell, you don't even, excuse me, 
you don't have to go to a black country if you feel if you don't want go somewhere because there's black people everywhere sure Go if you feel that you're safer in Europe. Go to Europe. There's black people a there. A lot. Thank you, colonization. Thank you. Yeah, Europe carved up Africa, and caused the, the the instability that gave way to warring factions, where they were not articulated that way right. before they intervened and drew up borders. Right. And told people who they were and those many of those people too many of those people mm-hmm. still believe that they are who european colonizers told them that they are wow and you know what i have a sister who's traveled to jamaica the dominican and france and has gotten to know and met so many black people and she told me how sad it was for her to have to hear another black person in agreeance with colonialism Mm. and she was like wow okay it's bad (laughs) it's bad and there needs we need a resolution well they that the again the nature of empire (laughs) right if you're not in the empire yeah then you're a savage yeah right and it just so happens that because of European colonization, yeah, right, they were able to establish a racial hierarchy globally mm-hmm. and say that we are white, or they would say we're European. You know, whiteness is a construct that came as a result of uh, racial uh, hierarchy, but that's another show, I suppose. That's okay with me. Uh, <laughs> um, so they, uh, through uh, military and financial interventions and, and direct colonial rule and then indirect colonial rule, which we still live under the yoke of, convinced billions of people all over the world that they are subordinate because of their genetics. And like you just mentioned, I'm very sorry to hear about your black friend that agrees with colonization because essentially oh it's not my friend okay uh, it's, somebody, it's somebody that my sister knows okay well sorry about that person your sister knows <laughs> you know because likely what they believe about themselves and people who look like them is savagery hmm. Wait, uh, that's a shame yeah that you think of your ancestors as savages and the colonizers as what hmm. Civil- civilizing anything people? good like, apparently that's horrendous yeah and tragic yeah it's sad. And tragic is the word. It's tragic. Because of that thought, people die. But it's it's literally us up to us to care. One of the best ways you can do it is by demanding and fighting for Venezuelan sovereignty today until the U.S. government hands off Venezuela. And it doesn't mean anything except that necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want people to do their independent research about Venezuela. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just listen to me and Rachel, mm. the people at the Black Agenda. I mean, do, do your research. Right. And an addendum to doing your research is look who is funding the research that you're reading. What kind of financial ties are playing into the 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 stories, the ideas, the analysis that's being written or spoken, shared out. Because if there's a financial interest attached to it, you can bet your bottom dollar, so to speak, hmm. that that news, that story, that analysis is going to be colored by someone's financial interest. Hmm. Um, so be careful out there when you do your research. But I think what you'll find is regardless of what we may think about the economy and the politics of Venezuela today or 20 years ago with the Chavistas or, or, or anything like that, does what you're assessing or reading warrant U.S. aggression or not? 
I hope that all people of good conscience realize that U.S. intervention is a bad idea. Mm. That trade embargoes, freezing of assets, financial inflations is not very far from direct physical military intervention. One often precedes the other. And in an increasingly financialized world, it is becoming less and less clear the lines between financial and military intervention. Mm. So should the U.S. be meddling at all? I say no. No. I, no. This is Rachel Hartley, and I say that the U.S. should not be meddling in Venezuela. Boom. That was easy. Great. Thank you. (laughs) I feel like when I do a call out, I have to say my name, because if you're bad enough, then you can come find me. (laughs) (laughs) I love talking to you, Alyssa. Thank you so much for all of this. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Don't don't move that dial. Don't move that dial. Up next is The Struggle with Alyssa Pariah. This is KBOO 90.7. KBOO Community Radio holds an open meeting concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available by calling the station at 503-231-8032. Meetings will be conducted at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue, Portland, Oregon, unless otherwise noted. The Program Advisory Committee meets the second Tuesday of each month at 6 p.m. Please call 503-231-8032 to verify if a meeting is being held. KBOO Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor the Sexbots Cat Party on Saturday, February 9th at 9 p.m. at the Bithouse Saloon in Portland. One-woman art pop trickster, The Sexbots, is back with a rap album about losing it and becoming a cat lady. This album has recurring themes of violence against women, street harassment, loneliness, and quietly watching one's life disintegrate. This event is the album release party and features Kitty Go-Go's, a cat lady costume contest, and a pet psychic. Again, that's the Sexbots Cat Party on Saturday, February 9th at 9 p.m. at the Bithouse Saloon, 727 Southeast Grand Avenue in Portland. More information is available at kboo.fm on the right-hand side of the homepage under Community Events. You're listening to KBOO Portland. Up next is The Struggle with Alyssa. KBOO Community Radio is a proud sponsor of the screening of the documentary film Big Money Agenda on Sunday, February 10th at 6.30 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater in Portland. Big Money Agenda explores the effects of money in politics, Citizens United, as well as solutions to the issues of money and politics that's preventing real change. There will also be a discussion after the film. Again, that's the screening of the documentary film Big Money Agenda on Sunday, February 10th at 6.30 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater, 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. KBOO Radio is proud to co-sponsor the 29th Annual Cascade Festival of African Films, happening Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, now through Saturday, March 2nd. Most films will show at the Moriarty Arts and Humanities Building, Room 104, at PCC Cascade Campus, 705 North Killingsworth Street in Portland. 
Again, that's the 29th annual Cascade Festival of African Films. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, now through Saturday, March 2nd. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. You're listening to KBOO Portland. Hello to all of my friends. This is Alyssa Pariah, your friendly neighborhood agitator. Uh, Please don't be worried about the laryngitis in my voice. I'm one of those terrible protesters that blocks your traffic. And we were back-to-back at the hands-off Venezuela and the no to the Joint Terrorism Task Force rallies in uh, downtown by City Hall and the Federal Building. So I scream my lungs out every time. Uh, So um, I'm lucky enough to be in studio with Candy. Hey, everyone. My name is Candy Luisa Herrera. Thank you very much for being here. Mm-hmm. And Russell. Hi, folks. Russell Lem. And we're going to talk about Hands Off Venezuela, the action today mm-hmm. in Portland. But beyond that, um, what it means to say Hands Off Venezuela, period. What are we getting at? Why are we saying it? And what do we want? So if we can start by um, bringing in some history and some significance, uh, how did we get to this point that people are even considering intervention in Venezuela? What happened? So 